the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTC Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5 K298CO Minneapolis. Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. President Biden says he wants to work with GOP lawmakers, but he's making it clear that some issues are off the table. White House correspondent Greg Clugston has more. Following the midterm elections, the president has been pledging cooperation with Republicans in Congress, but he has a list of items that are non-negotiable, including cuts to Social Security and Medicare. He also was vowing to veto any bill that would ban abortion nationwide. We need to codify Roe v. Wade as the law of the land. Even though Democrats performed better than expected in the midterms, the president's approval ratings on the economy, energy policy, and border security remain underwater. Greg Clugston, the White House. Nevada's Democratic Senator Catherine Cortez Masto winning re-election, resulting in the minimum 50 seats the party needed to retain control. This is SRN News. Mark Levin explains his stance. Since when is it controversial to believe in the country, to embrace our history, our principles, to show respect to men and women in uniform, whether they're from the military or police, to show respect for our flag that's carried into war, to want a sovereign nation with a secure border rather than anarchy on the border where drugs, fentanyl, foreigners who we don't know, including criminals, are pouring into the country. Mark Levin, weeknights at 8 on AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. AM 1280 The Patriot Do you want to give a shout out to one of your favorite hosts? Do you have a topic suggestion for one of our shows? Or just want to pass along your thoughts on the day's big news? Have a question on one of our half-off deals? Send us a text Our texting feature is back on the free AM 1280 The Patriot app Just click on text on the bottom menu bar And let us know what's on your mind High of 30 degrees today Chance of snow tomorrow with a high of 32 Thanks for listening to AM 1280 The Patriot Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-3, 2, 1. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is The Closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with hour number two of the broadcast, we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone call, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for comments or questions. And if you'd like to follow us along on Facebook, do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network at Facebook.com. And give our page a like or a follow if you haven't done so already. And the live stream, uh, yeah, it's still up and running at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. So there's another comment thread for you to leave a comment or question there as well. As always, we uh, appreciate you tuning in. I want to uh, talk some uh, national politics now. Uh, yeah, the, um, you know, as we heard at the top of the hour, SRN News, uh, the red wave never materialized. I mean, the Republicans will be fortunate uh, to get out of this with a slight majority in the U.S. House. I mean, if all races... If uh, right now, uh, Dave Wasserman, by the way, uh, of Cook Political Report, uh, he kind of came out with some numbers today. And the way he projects it right now is there have been 212 seats called for the Republicans and five other seats that are in the likely column. They haven't been called, but are likely going to go Republican. So that's 217, whereas the Democrats have 204 
seats that are called and let's see what the math is here. Yeah. And then uh, nine seats that haven't been called, but are in the likely column. So between called and likely Republicans have 217 Democrats have 213. So there's five seats that have yet to be called that are toss ups in the toss up column. So really the Democrats, if they run the table on all five of those seats, they would have a a majority 218 to 217, literally a one seat majority. So Looks like the Republicans will hang on to the House, but I wouldn't bet my house on it. Uh, just saying. So that's the way it is. But regardless, even if the Republicans get out of this with just 220 seats, that is a massive, massive underperformance than what we anticipated. There were some prognosticators saying it was going to be upwards of 240 to 250 which the most seats the Republicans have held since the Great Depression was 247 after the 2014 midterms. And ain't getting anywhere close to that. And the Senate is gone. That was called last uh, evening when uh, uh, Senator Catherine Cortez Masto was declared the winner of the Nevada race against Adam Laxalt. So... At minimum, the Democrats will have their 50-50 majority in place. So now the only mystery is, you know, can Herschel Walker, the Republican in Georgia, keep it at 50-50, you know, in his runoff election against Senator Raphael Warnock, or will Senator Warnock be reelected? And therefore, the Democrats will have a gain of plus one. We'll see. So a lot of dynamics to chew on, that is for sure. But, you know, we talked about abortion at the uh, local level. Well, at the national level, it actually, in some states, was uh, got was more important and actually usurped uh, the economy. In fact, an exit poll, or excuse me, uh, it, it usurped crime. CNN exit poll showed that uh, for uh, aggregate house votes, aggregate house voting, inflation was the top issue. And followed by inflation, 32%, no surprise, but abortion at 27%, with crime less than half of that, 12%, which is shocking when you consider uh, that in the economy and crime were the top issues for several weeks. Well, there are a couple of pieces here that kind of broke it down a little bit. Uh, let's start with the uh, New York Times. In the first major election since the Supreme Court overturned the case that ensured a federal right to an abortion for nearly half a century, abortion rights broke through lifting Democrats to victory in Virginia, Minnesota, where Minnesota Democrats lied, uh, Michigan, and New Mexico. Voters in three states, California, Vermont, and and highly contested Michigan, decided to protect abortion rights in their state constitutions. In a fourth Kentucky, a conservative bastion and home to Mitch McConnell, the Republican leader in the Senate, voters rejected an amendment saying their Constitution gave no right to an abortion. For decades, abortion politics worked a certain way, rallying the Republican base and abortion opponents with far more intensity than abortion rights supporters. Conservative evangelicals and Catholics often voted on abortion or the future of the Supreme Court, even if it meant compromising other priorities. But overturning Roe v. Wade appears to have flipped the script. In the months since the June decision, Democrats seized on the issue. Oh, we finally get a situation where Democrats seize or pounce. How how convenient. Uh, Democrats seized on the issue, linking abortion to everyday family economics. Well, like Stacey Abrams did. Hey, if you kill your kid, that's one less expenditure you have. That'll help with your economic situation, won't it, families? Wonderful outlook there. Uh uh, linking abortion to everyday family economics and health care and tapping into voters' fears about the rise of far-right Republicans. They wove the issue into broader Democratic messages that frame the election as a referendum on what they describe as Republicans' extreme views, extreme, sorry, drink, and not on President Biden and Democrats' control in Washington. Well, a couple of things here. First of all, the decision that the Supreme Court made was a legal decision. All it did was said, we're kicking it to you, the states, to make your own decisions. Whereas if people in California want to get an abortion, you shouldn't have to force people in Georgia to accept any laws that California wants to implement. Okay? Federalism. 
at its purest, at its heart. That's the way that's the way it's supposed to be. So California, Vermont, Michigan decided to protect it in their state constitutions. There it is. States' rights. You can agree with the decision or not by these respective states, but they kicked it back to the voters. That's democracy. How ironic for a bunch of people who were so concerned that democracy was under attack that they actually actually utilized democracy to get what they wanted. States' rights. Now, Minnesota, they lied like cheap rugs saying that uh, Republicans could overturn abortion, but I'm not going to keep beating that drum here any longer. But here is another interesting perspective from Axios. Uh, Susan B. Anthony, Pro-Life America, a large anti-abortion organization with close ties to GOP leaders, slammed Republican candidates who distanced themselves from abortion bans and failed to clearly communicate their stance on the issue, calling it political malpractice. The group sent in a memo that to win the co- in competitive races, candidates needed to focus on defining their opponents as abortion extremists and contrast that with a clearly defined pro-life position centered around consensus such as pain capable or heartbeat limits. State of play? They specifically praised Florida Senator Marco Rubio and Governor Ron DeSantis, Texas Governor Greg Abbott, Senator-elect J.D. Vance of Ohio, and Georgia Senate hopeful Herschel Walker, whose closely watched race is headed for runoff. Republicans are typically outspoken on abortion, particularly during the primaries. However, they went quiet following the Supreme Court's Dobbs decision and the Kansas abortion referendum, even as talking points from major GOP committees recommended the opposite. Republican leadership, including Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, largely ducked the issue except to emphasize that decisions about the procedure rest with the states. So really what you're looking at here and what we've seen in polling, the Republicans, yeah, they completely squandered this opportunity. They absolutely did. And and as I said last segment, how do you get caught flat-footed on this issue? When the decision was leaked in May and wasn't going to come out until June when the Supreme Court's session ended, I mean, you you said, how, how do you not get together and say, okay, if this happens, this potentially could inhibit our red wave at the midterms, okay? So we need to come up with some consistent messaging on this. How do you get flat-footed and not come up with anything? I mean, polling showed specifically that when it comes to Democrats' radical views on abortion, which is abortion without limits. And hell, you even had Montana vote for a vote down a provision that required physicians to give life-saving medical care to an infant who survives a botched abortion. Okay. I forget what the numbers were, but voters saw the Democrats radical position more extreme then the Republicans' radical position, and what they defined as the Republicans' radical uh, position, is abortion only in the case of rape or incest or the health of the mother. Well, rape, incest, or health of the mother is less than one-tenth of one percent of all abortions. Okay? Some people say the radical uh, abortion issue is abortion, you know, uh, uh a ban on all abortions, even in the case of rape or incest or whatever. That's that's really radical. But no, what they defined as radical in this particular poll is the ninety nine the banning of the ninety nine point nine percent abortions. You know that does not include rape or incest or the health of the mother. Polling shows that the Democrats' viewpoint was seen as more extreme. Yet somehow the Republicans couldn't get their act together. And I, I appreciate what Lindsey Graham was trying to do. You know, get the Democrats on record saying, "Okay, fine, here you go. Uh, Here's a ban on abortions past uh, 15 weeks. You know, the the pain capable statute where they they surmise that uh, uh, a baby can feel pain. I mean, the heartbeat bills that were passed in some of the southern states. You can uh, see the heartbeat at about six weeks. Okay, but Lindsey Graham took a step further. Okay, well, we'll meet you a little a little further down the middle. How about 15 weeks, which is three and a half months, the pain-capable aspect of it? And I understand what he was trying to do, get the get the Democrats on the record and show how extreme they were, but it ended up backfiring.
because some Republicans were even hesitant to sign on to it. So, again, this this was uh, uh, Ed Morrissey. I'll read what he had to say at Hot Air. Uh, Republicans may have fumbled this in both directions. In the immediate aftermath of the Dobbs decision, Republicans in Congress started discussing a federal-level ban on all abortions, despite urgent calls to let the matter settle until after the midterms. That position fell almost as outside the mainstream in America as abortion on demand until birth, the extreme position of Democrats cited by the Susan B. Anthony list. When that began to backfire, Republicans fell back on federalism rather than engage directly on the issue, just as SBA list suggests. Most Republicans thought that abortion simply wouldn't resonate in a political environment with inflation at 40-year highs, crime at generational highs, at least in urban areas, and a president as deeply as unpopular as Joe Biden. And that was a rational calculation, too, but it turned out to be wrong. The first inkling that Republicans might face disappointment came in the first release of the early exit polls, which showed abortion the second highest priority for Election Day voters. And again, I cited that CNN exit poll earlier. Inflation, 32 percent, but abortion, 27 percent, and then crime, 12 percent. So, yeah, I I mean, it was definitely a hot-button issue when the Roe decision was released in June, but it's like like everything, you know, it'll cool down. But it really didn't. And like I say, there were states, particularly California, Vermont, and Michigan, who decided to protect abortion rights in the state constitution, and Kentucky, who voted down an amendment to their state constitution that says, hey, our constitution does not protect the right to have an abortion. Kentucky voted that down. So it's being taken care of at the states is the point here. And if Democrats here in Minnesota decide to take it a step further and codify it into state law and said, okay, you know, there's still a chance that the, although it's very slim given Minnesota, that the state constitution can be amended. Okay. That there's a chance that could happen. So to, to cut that off of the pass, let's just codify it into law, you know, abortion here in the state of Minnesota. And this is a blue state, and it will, and it obviously it would likely pass, given Democrats own both chambers. We'll see. But my point is, now the Democrats don't have this as a bloody shirt to wave going forward. And we've got a presidential election coming up in two years. And if they don't have this as a bloody shirt, okay, because the federalism is doing what it's supposed to do, that's an issue off the table. I guess that's a silver lining. You know, my, my being a staunch pro-lifer would prefer that the Republicans had engaged this issue responsibly. But like I say, there are some strict abortion laws that were passed in certain states, including North Dakota, Iowa, and then some southern states like Georgia and uh, Mississippi, of course, which kicked off this whole uh, Dobbs decision to the Supreme Court. But that's the way federalism is supposed to work, and I I much prefer it that way. So uh, we'll see what happens going forward. But like I say, if nothing else, uh, the Democrats don't have the uh, proverbial bloody shirt to wave around come a couple of years from now. 651-289-4488. That is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. And we do have our live stream up and running at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Sing in Paris, at the mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to AM 1280, The Patriot, at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Cable news. Noisy, out of touch, on repeat. Tired of all the lookalikes? So are we. Salem News Channel is here to change the game. Streaming 24-7, free on your TV, with the greatest collection of conservative voices. Home to Dinesh D'Souza, Andrew Wilkow, Brandon Tatum, and more. Like you, we say what's wrong and what's right. Unfiltered and unapologetic. Salem News Channel, we're the answer to the mainstream media. Learn more at snc.tv. It's not over. Unplanned pregnancies still happen. I'm Marian Kuharski, Director of Pro-Life Across America. 
In my 30 plus years, I've never seen such a concerted attempt to silence our efforts and at a time when it's most needed. There's a powerful effort to prevent and block our pro-life messages. Our billboards, social media, and digital ads are all impacted. Our messages feature a hotline number connecting callers with more than 3,000 pregnancy support centers across America, offering alternatives to abortion, free ultrasound, and pregnancy assistance. Babies' lives are being saved. The need still exists. It really does. And Pro-Life Across America needs your help. Please find us at ProLifeAcrossAmerica.org. Did you know I could suck my thumb before I was born? Yep, we all started small. A teenage jihadist comes to Christ. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International, and I met young Ahmed when I visited the Middle East. His father died fighting for ISIS, his mother was an extremist, and young Ahmed was going to be a suicide bomber by killing himself and others being sold out to violent Islam. Now, his mother and siblings, they came to Christ. They prayed nonstop for his salvation, and when it came, he was beaten nearly to death by extremists. And when I caught up with him several villages over, I asked, Ahmed, what's your Bible mean to you? And he said, I can look here and see where Jesus says they'll hate you because they hated me and where Jesus says I'm with you always. Now listen, having a Bible, it meant everything to him and gave him perspective and his prayer was for believers there who need God's word to endure and persevere and I said, Ahmed, those Bibles they're coming. Listeners, you've sent God's word to more than 1,200 Bibleist persecuted believers. We have 400 to go. We have to wrap up this week. Please pray about it at $5 a Bible and call 800-YES-WORD 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 or give it am980themission.com and help us finish strong. You listen every day. I never miss it. So now it's time for you to join the conversation. Who, me? Like AM 1280 The Patriot on Facebook and share your thoughts with like-minded conservatives. You can also enter to win prizes, learn about upcoming events, and more. Hey, welcome back. AM1280 The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Me, Brad Carlson. Thanks for checking in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. Feel free to check us out on Twitter by weighing in with a comment or question. Hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. And our live stream is up and running at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page, so check us out there as well. Uh, let's go to the phone lines right now. Mike in Egan, right here where the uh, Patriot Bunker is located in Egan. Mike, go ahead. You're on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Thank you, Brad. Um, as I told your call screener, and you alluded to this too earlier, I believe Michael Savage did an article, why strategically they weren't smart enough to hold off with the uh, Roe v. Wade get us through the election. But the other thing is women broke 30 points for Democrats. And I've been watching this for a long, long time. Yeah. Unmarried women. Yeah. Specifically unmarried women. Yeah. I I mean, we need to ask yourself what's happened with women. Really? You've seen the male role in our society seems to kind of have diminished. Men aren't getting married like they used to. That's declining too. Women have become more masculine. We're going to see women taking on more, more debt. And, um, we got to ask ourselves culturally what's going on here because I see the role of men being diminished more and more. And uh, Helen Smith's a very interesting person. She wrote a book called Men on Strike. But um, men are kind of checking out with this, uh, this uh, you-go-power-girl thing. And uh, I think we need to culturally see what's happening. And, and men need to lead. Men need to be leaders, not simps. I'll leave it at that. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. Uh, thanks for the call. Yeah. I mean, psychologically, and when I, I, that's well above my pay grade to, to comment on that aspect. Although I, I will say, um, just from, if you want to call it anecdotal, a lot of the uh, young ladies that I've talked to that are of marrying age and, and whatnot and are successful just being on their own and, and doing well for themselves and, you know, don't need to feel like they need to be married to have their lives fulfilled. But the one, a lot of the common refrain I hear from a lot of these you know, friends of mine that my wife and I know, you know, ladies that were single, they may not be single anymore, some still are, is that, uh, you know, we feel like we can be successful in our own lives being single and being successful in our careers. 
but it doesn't mean we don't want to have a leader in our home, but we're willing to take on that role if we can't find a man who's willing to do so. So I don't think, you know, there certainly there are some women out there who are, who are defined saying, I don't, I don't need no man. But yet there are others who are willing to be led, but they don't, to your point, don't feel like they're, those men are out there. I mean, there's a, I don't want to, I don't want to name names because, you know, my, uh, my wife's, uh, my wife and I's friends didn't give us permission to share their personal stories, but that's, that's kind of the common refrain we've heard. So, but I, I, you know, as far as um, how that impacts their mindset when they vote, I, I have no idea, but I can tell you that unmarried women, I mean, the, the uh, Republicans won key demographics, uh, you know, married men, married women, single men, but unmarried women was like Democrats won by like plus 37. And independence, when, you're, when we're talking about voter demographics here, independence, normally the party uh, who's not in control of the White House, they win independence in the midterms and win it handily. The Republicans lost independence, these midterms against a president who is historically unpopular. I mean, Biden's approval ratings tanked starting August 2021 with that disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan, and it's never got above the low 40s since then. And yet the Republicans lost independence by like, I think, 49 to 48%. I mean, ballgame right there, right there. And... We're, we're getting some exit polling and just a just one key aspect about this, you know, don't want to spend too much more time in the abortion issue because I got other things to get to. But New York, New York, pretty uh, a blue state, a deep blue state. Here's the here's the ironic thing about this is the non Trumpian Republican candidates. Did the best on election night. I forget who said it on Twitter because I want to give this person credit but because it was a brilliant line, and I wish I could remember who said it or I could find the tweet. But the sweater vest-wearing, milk-toast Republican had the most success on election night. You know, the ones that the Trump people chide as rhinos, establishment, whatever else. They did the best. New York State. Think New York is a pretty blue state? New York State. Of the 26 U.S. House seats in New York State, the Republicans flipped four Democrat seats in deep blue New York. You want to know why? One factor is the women there didn't have to worry about their uteruses. Okay? Because that that's kind of the uh, common political slogan. Keep your you know keep your rosary out my uh, keep your rosary out my ovaries. Keep your rosary from my uterus. Okay, New York has one of the most radical abortion laws in the country. Okay, when they when they passed their radical abortion law a few years ago, uh, where they can basically kill a kid just before it's born, they lighted the spire atop the New uh, Empire State Building in in the color pink. Okay, ghoulish stuff. But in deep blue New York, the Republicans flipped four Democrat seats in the U.S. House. So if Republicans get the majority in the U.S. House, it will be because of the New York Republicans that basically took over Long Island and upstate New York. How ironic would that be? Okay, and these aren't exactly rib rock conservatives that can win in New York. So just just want to keep that in mind. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get to the. Uh, the Trump aspect of this, you know, Mitch Berg talked about it on his broadcast yesterday. You know, he kind of labeled the three biggest losers of this election day. Uh, in his top three was Donald J. Trump. Pretty much every candidate that he endorsed for Congress, you know, whether it was U.S. House or U.S. Senate or governor, was soundly defeated. I mean, J.D. Vance in Ohio was the one lone exception. But you look at the U.S. Senate, Republicans had a golden opportunity to take over the U.S. Senate. And Trump's handpicked candidates, Don Balduck in New Hampshire, Dr. Mehmet Oz in Pennsylvania, Blake Masters in Arizona, Adam Laxalt in Pennsylvania, or excuse me, uh, Nevada. Resounding defeats. 
Lack the Nevada race was a little close though. That was closer, but resounding defeats and all woefully under underperformed. So again, this goes back to how this was all personal for Trump. He's not interested in winning. He's not interested in making America great again unless he gets the full credit for making America great again. He is more inter- he would be I guarantee you, he'd rather be in the minority and have people genuflect before him and kiss his ring than be in the majority where he's not getting the lion's share of the credit. Brad Carlson, The Closer, right here, AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Gorka here, and you know me. I am very cynical about products, especially those that claim to help people suffering from pain. So when I tell you that Relief Factor truly works, I want you to know that I mean it. I suffered from a stiff lower back for almost a decade, one so painful it made it difficult to kneel in church on Sundays. When I finally decided to give Relief Factor a try, I didn't ever imagine that I would find myself free of the pain. But that's what happened. Now I take Relief Factor every day. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. At am1280thepatriot.com, you guide the conversation. Mike Gallagher, Midterm Projections. Here's what Newt said last night. The two most successful models, they use historic data. Both of them came in about the same number. They predict 44 to 46 seat gain by the Republicans in the House. Remember, when you get out of California, the Republican generic advantage is enormous. And in fact... In the swing states, even the Washington Post last week reported that Republicans are ahead something like 57 to 35 in the swing districts. What's your Senate prediction? Plus three to plus seven on the Senate, plus 20 to plus 50 in the House. And I hope he's right because it's our only chance to get this country back. Visit am1280thepatriot.com. Click on hosts and search for whatever's on your mind you'll find a deep archive of intelligent commentary. I'm driving a 2018 Elantra, red, my favorite color. Hi, I'm Rita from St. Paul. Well, when I first walked in, I felt welcomed. And I'd been at a couple other dealerships that uh, I gave an F to. And Justin was the first gentleman to wait on me when I took it in for my first service. And he's been the only person that I've dealt with since then. Can't say enough good things about him. On Christmas Day of last year, I was on the freeway driving home, and all of a sudden, a red light came on, and the right front tire was low. And the next day, I called, and Justin answered. He said, let me take a look at it, and go in the waiting room, and and I'll get back to you. They found that there was a huge nail in the tire, and so he was able to get that all fixed up and replaced and sent me on my way home. Infragrove Hyundai was very welcoming. Service was Excellent. Infragrove Hyundai service technicians are ready for you no matter what kind of vehicle you drive. Open 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. weekdays. Call them today or schedule your appointment at InfragroveHyundai.com. Hey, welcome back. AM 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks for tuning in. That's the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for comments or questions. And we do have our uh, live stream up and running at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. So feel free to check us out there as well. Again, Donald J. Trump is a uh, is the big loser here, and it was starting to become pretty apparent on Tuesday evening as some of these winnable Senate seats, uh, particularly in Pennsylvania. I mean, 
Dr. Mehmet Oz was running against a literal stroke victim who literally could not perform, put together a coherent sentence in their one debate. Uh, Herschel Walker, he's going to run off in Georgia. Who knows where that's going against a, uh, against a pro-choice uh, reverend who has one of the more radical abortion stances in the country, and he calls himself a pro-choice pastor. Okay, I mean, go on and on. Uh, Maggie Hassan was very vulnerable in New Hampshire. Uh, Senator Mark Kelly, very vulnerable in Arizona. Here's the thing. There were some quality potential candidates that could have run in these Senate seats that would have ensured the Republicans had got the Senate majority. Like, for instance, Chris Sununu, very popular governor in New Hampshire, was rumored to be thinking of running for U.S. Senate, decide to run for re-election for governor. Uh, Doug Ducey, governor of Arizona, his constitutionally they can only serve two terms in the state of Arizona. So he would have been a great candidate in Arizona, very popular governor, defied a lot of the draconian lockdowns during COVID. And Arizona's economy thrived, and they didn't have bodies piling up like cords of wood in the street like some progs warned us would happen if states didn't shut down. But those two gentlemen did not run in their respective states, New Hampshire and Arizona, for fear of running afoul of Donald Trump, because Donald Trump was still angry with Arizona, particularly Doug Ducey, for not overturning Trump's loss in the 2020 election. And yes, Trump lost the state of Arizona. And Sununu never kissed Trump's ring or did the genuflect before him. So therefore, he would have been persona non grata against Trump's handpicked candidate. And so to avoid the headache of having to refute Donald Trump's character assassinations, they didn't run. And had they run with any encouragement at all, Republicans have the majority. That's just I you, some say that's conjecture, but I, I firmly believe it. Obviously can't prove it. But I, I 100 percent believe that with every fiber of my being. And yet we got these also ran candidates that that Trump endorsed, it propped up. And he endorsed candidates to run against those who voted to impeach him. Particularly a couple of congressional districts. The biggest, perhaps the biggest uh, disgrace, one of the biggest disgraces is Washington's uh, third congressional district, uh, uh, Jaime Harara uh, Butler. Is it Butler or Butler? I'm not sure. Um, She voted... Jamie Herrera Butler voted to impeach Trump, second impeachment trial. Trump propped up a candidate, a Republican candidate, to take her out in the primary. This was like a D plus, this was a solid red district. And the Republican who ended up running in Washington's third district, uh, whose name escapes me, let me uh, get that here for the, uh, for the record. Yeah, uh, Lost the Republican loss. That was a Dem pickup in a in a reliably red district. Same with Michigan. Peter Meyer in Michigan's third congressional district voted to impeach Trump. Uh, Trump endorsed an election denier to take on Peter Meyer, and that and as a result, that was a loss for Republicans. What happened was Democrats put up eight figures to prop up these election denying candidates. Say what you want about the Democrats. They're absolute frauds, and a lot of them are completely insane. That's why I think going forward the Republicans have a chance, as long as they rid themselves of Trump of the Trumpian stuff and don't go insane like Democrats. Republicans will get will find their way. I, I firmly believe that. Because Democrats are complete frauds when it comes to democracy. Because what they did was they elevated these election-denying Republicans in these Republican primaries with money from left-wing causes. And therefore, these Republicans won these primaries and took their election denialism into the general where people are like, enough of this. Enough of this relitigating 2020. We don't want it. A lot of these independents that voted to oust Republicans, they don't like the Democrats. But you know what? They don't want to be associated with Trumpism anymore. And that's why some of these reliably red districts flipped to the Democrats when in a midterm election against a Democrat president who's historically unpopular, you should make huge gains. And the Republicans are going to be very fortunate to hang on to the House. I believe they will. 
but it's going to be with a gain of single-digit number of seats, maybe eight, seven or eight. And again, that'll get them to 220, 221, which would just be enough for a majority. But it should be a lot more than that. So for all their uh, for all their caterwauling about uh, well the democracy is under uh, you know under attack, then why are you elevating election denying candidates one step closer from being elected to office? But it turns out the Democrats' calculus, for as sleazy as you want to call it, it worked. It worked. It staved off a red wave. Regardless if the Republicans get the House or not, there was no red wave. And it was very apparent Tuesday evening. In fact, about 10, 11 o'clock, I said definitively on the air, this is not a red wave. We need to recalibrate our expectations because this ain't happening. So as a result, uh, because the, the one statewide candidate who actually lived up to the large expectations of a red wave was Governor Ron DeSantis, as well as Senator Marco Rubio, both of the state of Florida. And as a result, people were starting to speculate. You know, Ron DeSantis, he would be the guy that could step forward and challenge Trump in 2024, because Trump's delusional enough to think that he can win in 2024, and uh, he said he's going to have a big announcement this Tuesday at Mar-a-Lago. He said that last week uh, at a uh, campaign rally. I think it was in Ohio. He said, next Tuesday, I'm going to have a big announcement at Mar-a-Lago. Well, then the election happened, and if Trump is capable of being humbled, he had a big slice of humble pie. I don't think he is capable of being humbled, though. But if he makes his announcement uh, Tuesday at Mar-a-Lago that he's running for president, you're going to need someone to oust him. Otherwise, he's going to go to the general election and he's going to lose. So who bet, who is in best position to take him out? Well, it's Ron DeSantis. I mean, literally one minute after polls closed in the state of Florida, Ron DeSantis was declared the winner in Florida. He defeated Charlie Crist by 20, po- 20 points. What It was a blowout, complete blowout. And think about the state of Florida. They had to endure Hurricane Ian about a month or so ago, had to rebuild a lot of the infrastructure and everything that was going on with that, and yet they were able to get their votes counted by election night and determine Ron DeSantis is the clear winner. And Ron DeSantis is now dealing with another hurricane down there, and infrastructure is getting rebuilt. And Florida never closed fully during the pandemic. I mean, Early on, a lot of states took the necessary precautions because we didn't know anything much about this coronavirus, this new, this novel coronavirus. So because people are starting to speculate, say, you know what, Ron DeSantis, he's a guy that could challenge Trump. Well, then guess where you guess where Trump focused his ire? Ron DeSantis. I'll, I'll read part of this drivel that Trump put forth. Uh, News Corp, which is Fox, The Wall Street Journal and no the and no longer great New York Post is all in for Governor Ron DeSanctimonious, an average Republican governor with great public relations, who didn't have to close up his state but did, lie, unlike other Republican governors whose overall numbers for Republican were just average, middle of the pack, including COVID, and who has advantage of sunshine, where people from badly run states up north would go no matter who the governor was, just like I did. Ron came to me in desperate shape in 2017. Lie. He was politically dead, losing in a landslide to a very good agriculture commissioner, Adam Putnam, who was loaded up with cash and great poll numbers. I'll just skip a lot of this drivel, but um, he talked about how, uh, you know, Trump talked about when Ron DeSantis was running for governor, he endorsed him. And um, later on, Trump came up. To uh, fix it, he said, I fixed the, I also fixed his campaign, which had completely fallen apart. I was all in for Ron, and he beat Andrew Gillum. But after the race, when votes were being stolen by the corrupt election process in Broward County, and Ron was going down 10,000 votes a day, along with now Senator Rick Scott, I sent in the FBI and the U.S. attorneys, lie, and the ballot theft immediately ended, just prior to them running out of the votes necessary to win. I stopped his election from being stolen. Lie. And now, Ron DeSanctimonious is playing games. The fake news asks him if he's going to run if President Trump runs, and he says, I'm only focused on the governor's race. I'm not looking into the future. Well, in terms of loyalty and class, that's really not the right answer. 
So there again, there's a classic example. You got to kiss the ring. You got to kiss the ring. Otherwise, you know, he's going to personally attack you. And uh, who was it? It was uh, uh, Jared Moskowitz. He was the Republican, or excuse me, the Democrat candidate who was elected in Florida's 23rd Congressional District. Here's what he had to say to Trump's statement uh, about saving the election down there. It's an absolute lie. I was there. All sides had attorneys there. Multiple court appearances. The recount completed. Democrats lost. This is a Democrat member of Congress calling out Trump's lies and saying the Democrats lost because the recount was counted fair and square and properly. A Democrat congressman coming out and refuting this bilge. So you want to hear uh, more, um, more maniacal ramblings from Trump? He decides to call out Glenn Youngkin because uh, Winsome Sears, who's the lieutenant governor in Virginia, went on Neil Cavuto's program in Fox News, says, you know what, if, if Trump's yes, basically yesterday's news, I'm paraphrasing what she said, Trump's basically yesterday's news, he needs to write, read the writing on the wall, he's no longer electable in 2024, and if he runs in 2024, I couldn't support him. Well, then Trump focuses ire on Glenn Youngkin, the governor of Virginia. Here's what he says, Youngkin. Now, that's an interesting take. Sounds Chinese, doesn't it? How old are we now? In Vir- Young Kin in Virginia couldn't have won without me. Lie, he did. I endorsed him. He never asked for your endorsement. Did a very big Trump rally for him telephonically, got MAGA to vote for him, or he couldn't have come close to winning. But he knows that and admits it. Besides, having a hard time with Dems in Virginia. But he'll get it done. So he's basically focusing his ire on anybody he thinks is being disloyal. That's that that's Trump's that's Trump's code. He'll 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 turn the gun on anybody that he feels is lo- is disloyal. But if they again genuflect, he'll give them everything they, that he thinks that they want. So he cannot be the candidate Republican candidate in twenty twenty four. We have to extract Trumpism. Right, right here and now. And a lot of people are concerned. Say, well, you know, there are a lot of people that are brand new to the process that came to the process in 2016 because of Donald Trump. You know, how, how do we how do we keep those people in the fold? And, you know, that's a great question. That's a great question. But I know this keeping Trump around is going to do a heck of a lot more damage than extracting. This may be a crass analogy, but he doesn't really deserve any better extracting the tumor from the party because keeping him around is going to be a lot worse. It's going to, the, the cancer is going to spread and then it's going to become unsustainable after another election cycle. There, there, there were some silver linings for Republicans going forward. If they take them to heart and heed them. Okay. 2024 doesn't have to be a disaster. It absolutely does not be. Republicans, I mean, California districts in particular, Republicans made up 15 to 20 points with Hispanic voters compared to what Joe Biden got in 2020. Okay, they're they're getting a larger share of the African-American vote. Whereas the Democrats are becoming the party of the rich white elites, something they constantly decry. But that's how the shift is taking place. And if Republicans focusing on continuing to expand and appeal to those Hispanic voters and African-American voters, all right, they don't need Donald Trump and his constituency. But it's going to be a difficult needle to thread, no doubt about it. But there is a way forward, and hopefully Republicans heed that going forward. 651-289-4488, that is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, that's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, the closer, coming back with one final segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Well, baby, the Patriot. 
soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the sculpture garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And in the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-626-5252. That's 800-626-5252. 800-626-5252. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch. Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM, plus we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-457-9220. 800-457-9220. That's 800-457-9220. Over 50,000 police officers are assaulted each year, leading to injuries and death. They know that if someone doesn't lawfully comply or resists, force may have to be used to obtain compliance. Nobody likes it, especially police. Help police by not escalating. Don't attack or try to disarm an officer. Don't argue, resist, or flee. After the encounter has been resolved is the time to address any complaints. Comply now. Complain later. Keep everybody safe. This message brought to you by the National Police Association. Learn more at nationalpolice.org. Salem Surround partners with your business to deliver custom digital marketing solutions. Surround your target audience wherever they engage, search, surf, socialize, or review to keep your business top of mind. Learn more at minneapolis.salemsurround.com. Hey, welcome back. AM 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. It's me, Brad Carlson. One final segment. It's a short segment, so better get to it right away. So I, I mentioned a little bit how uh, leftists, you know, Democrats, leftists, and other PACs and their media surrogates all propped up election-denying Republicans to oust reasonable Republicans in Republican congressional primaries in order to elevate them in the general election with the idea being they'd be easier to beat. It backfired on them in 2016 when they propped up Trump. Remember back in 2016, CNN, MSNBC was the worst offenders of it. They aired every millisecond of Trump rallies, including an empty podium a half hour before Trump would get on stage. Remember, they have the split screen and it would say, well, we're just waiting for Donald Trump to arrive at this rally at wherever and such. And they would keep the camera on the split screen on the empty podium until he arrived. OK, giving him how much multi-millions in in-kind contributions to his campaign. Well, they're doing it again. This time, they're doing it against Ron DeSantis. Uh, cut number one, the folks at Morning Joe had on former Florida Congressman David Jolly to talk about the Trump-DeSantis dynamic. And they're already uh, taking shots at DeSantis and propping up Trump as kind of the uh, provocateur that could take out DeSantis because he has a glass jaw. So Morning Joe is partying like it's 2016. Cut number one. But my gosh, does Ron DeSantis, has he set up shop in Donald Trump's head? Yes, he has. Now, look, there, there's actually one truth in Donald Trump's statement, and that is that Ron DeSantis owes his political career to the former president. Without question, there is nobody in America that more deftly and successfully used 
Donald Trump. Yeah. And I, I say used, right? He, he was the ambassador of Trumpism when he was in the House. He then uses Trump to get to the governor's mansion. And then he steps aside from Trump and he gets mm -hmm. adjacent to Trump. He doesn't defend him, but he also doesn't criticize him. And he gets and the more one, successful the as a governor. component that this Amazing. story is currently missing yeah. is Ron DeSantis has never taken the bait. I mean, I, I think a lot of people to are waiting credit. to hear what is the posture of Ron DeSantis <clears throat> in this moment? Does he just say nice things about the president and move on? Because right now, look, he's got the hot hand. He doesn't need to engage in the scrum. Ron DeSantis is famously has a very glass jaw, fragile ego. You, you get him on the ropes and you start to see a Ron DeSantis that is not the manufactured package you see today. How will Ron DeSantis respond? Well, if you watch the uh, debate against his Democrat opponent, Charlie Chris, gubernatorial debate, all he had to do was lay out his the facts of what he has accomplished in office. Just stick to the facts, stick to the agenda, stick to what he has done, and he'll be fine. Yeah, he isn't as aggressive on the debate stage. I've seen his debates. Yeah, that's true. But if you just lay out what he has done and how successful he's been, and, oh, hello, 20-point victory in the gubernatorial race, that goes a long way, okay? Uh Cut number two, Glenn, Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin was asked about uh, Trump's shot at him, saying, Youngkin, hmm, sounds Chinese, doesn't it? And to Glenn Youngkin's credit, he, too, would not take the debate. Cut number two. What's uh, your reaction? First of all, I didn't see it. Um, we have and, it right uh, and I have to, I, I have to be honest, I've been busy all morning. Um, listen, I, 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 you, you all know me. I do, I do not uh, call people names. I, I uh, really work hard to bring people together, and that's what we're working on. Well, that's what I'm saying, and, and, and I just that's not the way I roll and not the way I behave. And, uh, and I think, again, this is a moment for us to come together as a nation. And unlike DeSantis, who I know was engaged with Trump when he was running for governor in 2018, uh, Youngkin did not seek out Trump at all. Yeah, Trump maybe came in late and wanted to get on the bandwagon because it looks like it looked like late in his gubernatorial campaign that Youngkin had a chance to actually upset Terry McAuliffe. So Trump wanted to get on the bandwagon. You know, hey, see, look what I did. I endorse him. Look at him. He wins because you know Trump wants to be in on a winning campaign. But Youngkin never sought out his endorsement and never invoked Trump in any of the debates, ran his own campaign independent of Trump. And look at that, springs this huge upset in Virginia, which has become a reliably blue state. So good on him and good on DeSantis for not engaging. Folks, as always, I've enjoyed it. Am 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. Hope you have yourselves a blessed week. Godspeed, my friends. We'll talk again soon. As a former congressman and the ranking member on the Judiciary Committee of the U.S. House of Representatives, Doug Collins knows what it means to fight for what he believes. And on every episode of the Doug Collins podcast, he'll explore all topics from politics to life advice and blend them together for a well-rounded discussion that you can use to get the most out of your life. The Doug Collins podcast. Subscribe today on Apple, Google, Spotify, and at SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Hi, this is Al Malmberg inviting you to join us on the World of Aviation each Sunday morning at 10.05, right here on 1280 The Patriot, as we talk with those who have had incredible life stories in aviation, like Jessica Cox, who was born without arms, but went on to become a pilot and black belt in taekwondo, and Gordy Lewis, who began flying when most people are retiring. Gordy started flying at the age of 67. That's every Sunday at 10.05 a.m., right here on 1280 The Patriot. Hi, this is Lee with the Kingdom Builders. I've been thinking about all the good things I have in this life. A loving family, a great place to work, and a warm place to sleep. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. Recently, I tried to count up all the good things I've been given. There are too many to count. I am so thankful for our loving Heavenly Father who has unlimited resources to give good gifts to His children. The greatest of all these gifts is what was accomplished at the cross by the Lord Jesus Christ. God has an incredible, sacrificial love that he would send his only son to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. Eternal life, now that is a gift. I hope you are able to stop and ponder and thank God for all the good things he gives to each one of us. If you have any comments, you can email me at lee at thekingdombuilders.com. 
That's lee at thekingdombuilders.com. Warning, warning, warning. Once you taste the Rack Shack's Patriot Burger, other burgers will never measure up. Hey, I'm Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM1280 The Patriot, and we've partnered with my friend Keith Hitner Sr. from the Rack Shack Barbecue to create a burger worthy of the Patriot name. It's a half-pound burger that's red, white, and blue through and through. American cheese on top, and the American flag proudly waves over the bun. The Patriot Burger comes with your choice of any of our delectable sides, like our famous hand-cut fries, all just for $12.80. Best burger in town as far as I'm concerned, and it's $12.80 anytime, any day. Right today at the Rack Shack Barbecue at the Cedar Cliff Center at Nichols and Cliff in Egan. Be careful. Once you try a Patriot Burger, you may never go back to a regular burger. That's the Rack Shack Barbecue at RackShackBarbecue.com. Get that Rack Shack attack. Rack Shack Barbecue. Ooh, 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 yeah. AM 1280, the Patriot is... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.